0: This episode sponsored by internet Paycheck4Life.com. gentlemen start your engines' about uh, Mr. Gorbachev tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, fire! You're listening to Jim Paris Live! Your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, The editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right, hello everybody. Welcome to the live broadcast. Great to have you with us. So much to get into tonight. A big news segment for you. A quick announcement tonight. Our guest, we're going back to one of my favorite topics. We're going to be talking about the Shroud of Turin beginning at 9.30 p.m., uh, which is in 29 minutes. Don't miss this discussion uh, Joseph Marino is here, and we're going to be talking about the mystery of the Shroud of Turin. Could it have actually been the burial cloth of Jesus Christ? This I love this topic, and I'm super excited to do another interview on this. Next week, we bring back, after f- so many years, I think five, six years, Dr. Gary Habermas is back, and we're going to be talking about his book, The Case for the Resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, I love this theme because we did this uh, right at Easter, which was, what, three weeks ago, uh, three shows ago, and uh, we're going back to this. And, and I'll tell you what, there is never, uh, it, it's never out of style or, or a, a time that you shouldn't be talking about uh, Jesus Christ, the resurrection, all of that. And that, this is an exciting topic for me, and uh, we're going to be talking about that next week with Dr. Gary Habermas. Okay, so what's going on here uh, in Palm Coast, Florida, where I live? (laughs) It is raining like you would not believe. Uh, It started raining last night. I was coming home from Orlando. I had gone to dinner with my sister and her husband, my wife and I, and then our son joined us. And if you want to see some great pictures from that, it's over on my Facebook page, James L. Paris on Facebook. In any case, we're driving home last night from Orlando. All of a sudden, my wife and and my phones, both of our phones, started buzzing and beeping and alerts and all of this. Severe thunderstorms. Um, I ended up having to get off I-95 a little bit early and take some side roads because I didn't want to be up on I-95 with the amount of rain that was coming down to literally where I could not see one car length ahead of me. It was unreal. And what is even more bizarre is that rain has continued on. Uh, it continued all through the night and uh, on and off a little bit uh, earlier in the day. And now it's raining again. Uh, and if you hear some uh, uh, booms behind me from the windows uh, here, I record uh, and do the show live from my uh, studio inside my house. And uh, you might hear some thunder boomers uh, during the show. It is back at it again. And uh, all of our drainage ditches are full and overflowing. So in any case, uh, it is very wet here. April showers, spring, May flowers. I guess that's what they say. All right, so I want to let everybody know I did it. I got the vaccine, and uh, I was kind of curious. I was maybe thinking maybe I shouldn't say it on the show, and let me start by saying I am not here to tell anybody to get the COVID vaccine or to not get the COVID vaccine. I think that is a very personal decision, And uh, in my own case, I did decide to get it. I got the Moderna, which means I've got to go back in, you know, three weeks or a month or whatever it is to get the second shot. I did it for two reasons. One is I really want to do some traveling again, uh, especially over to Asia. I I want to go back to Korea sometime, maybe in the next year or so, hopefully if if it's possible. And I know I'm going to need the vaccination for that. And secondly. Um there's a big band that I play with and a lot of our members are north of 70 some are north of 80 and I love these guys and gals and we get together and we play big band music we haven't been able to rehearse for a few months uh one person in our band did have a, an issue with covid and and a lot of people have comorbidities so I decided to make them comfortable I I should get the vaccine even though I'm a younger person and maybe I wouldn't get it. I'm not sure. But that was sort of the tipping point for me that in my plans to travel. But I do want to tell you what happened to me after I got the vaccine. And I'm not saying this to scare anybody. And I'm not telling you to get the vaccine or to not get the vaccine. Please understand that. Um, I got the vaccine on Wednesday night. I had an appointment uh, up at the grocery store I've been checking for about three, four weeks on and off. And all of a sudden there was an opening and I could put my name in. So I did, uh, got my name in. I think it was on Sunday or Monday. And then my appointment was Wednesday night at seven o'clock up here at, at the public's grocery store. So I went up there, I got the shot. Um, it was, you know, took two seconds. It was totally painless, super easy, In fact, I didn't even feel the shot. What I felt was the pharmacist putting the Band-Aid on. That's the first time I felt anything. I wasn't looking uh, when he did it, and I didn't feel anything. So the guy was great. Um, But, you know, I thought, wow, this is weird. I'm I'm not feeling bad. Everything's great. They ask you to kind of take a seat for 15 or 20 minutes before you head out just to make sure you're not having a reaction. All was good until the next day. Uh, And then it hit me Um, about noon the next day. I got hit with like flu like symptoms. My arm started hurting and uh, got really sick uh, for maybe a couple. You know, I would say the rest of that day I was sick. And then most of the day on Friday, I was just not right. I was not myself. And I don't know. I guess I was a little bit surprised by that. Uh, because what I'm hearing from a lot more people is that they get sick on the second shot, not so much on the first shot. And maybe that'll work out with me that I won't get sick on the second shot, but I, but that's what happened. so my, my caution to you would be, uh, if you do get the Moderna, which is what I got, you may want to, you know, do it on a, a schedule where you can afford to be, Oh, you know, have a day or two off from work or do it on a weekend or something, just just throwing that out to you. And I'm curious people's reactions. I, I know probably some large percentage of my audience is gonna send me uh, messages telling me I'm a traitor and I I, I backed down and I should have stood my ground and not gotten the vaccine. You know what? My choice for what I want to do with that, and it's your choice for what you wanna do with that. So I'm I'm all for everybody having their own choice and everybody has different reasons and different you know, social situations and personal situations and the people around you, uh, sometimes it's you're, you, may, you may really need it because you're going to be around somebody who is at risk and, and that uh, turns out to be the case with me. All right, um, I did an article this past week and it's gotten a lot of reactions, mostly people really surprised, like, wow, who knew that could happen? One of the fastest growing crimes in America— is home title theft or actually home deed theft. And I don't know if you've been hearing these commercials on the radio where they're asking you to sign up for $10 a month or $15 a month to be to lock up your deed so no one can steal your your home title, your home deed. And it sounded kind of hokey to me. And I started doing some research into this, and I found out that this is actually a thing, that there are people, and they're using the Internet, where they can access the records at your county courthouse and they can actually uh, change. They can, they can add a new deed, which makes them the owner of your house. And it's a bizarre thing, uh, but there is a way you can protect yourself and it's free to be able to protect yourself from this in almost every county in the country. It's free. And I tell you how to, how to do this, how to, how to protect yourself. And that is in my latest article, Over at medium.com. You can read all of my articles that I write for medium by going to jameslparis.medium.com. Jameslparis.medium.com. Okay. Uh, I got to, unfortunately, I've got to go back to this topic, which I talked a lot about last week, and I always try to make the show. Interesting. Let's have some variety. Let's not go over the same ground every show. But I've just got to go back to this issue of social media for two reasons. Number one is a huge day. Uh, Mike Lindell, the MyPillow guy, uh, he is launching his own social network and I'm already signed up for it. It goes live tomorrow, Monday, and you can get there by going to frankspeech.com. FrankSpeech.com. now I don't know Mike Lindell personally my producers tried to book him on the show we haven't been able to get him and that's fine not everybody is available on a Sunday night uh, to be on but uh, if he happens to be watching we'd love to have you on Mike or if anybody knows Mike Lindell we'd love to have him on here I love this new idea of a new social network Uh, and I'm going to tell you something scary in a minute which is why I'm getting into this topic again Because we need more alternatives. And and it's it's just bugged me to death for the last few years. Why is it that, you know, in America, you know, this entrepreneurial country that we're in, country of innovation, why are we stuck with just a handful of companies running the entire Internet? It has never made sense to me, especially within the niche of the social media. So this Mike Lindell social network, you can go there by going to frankspeech.com. And the way he describes it is it's going to be a combination of what you would, if you had YouTube and Twitter and you put them together into one thing, that's what it's going to be. So I'm super excited about it. Um, I I hope it does well. I wish Mike the best with it. And I'm going to be on there. So if you want to follow me at frankspeech.com, go over there, get your account set up. You can search for my name starting tomorrow when it goes live I think at like 9 or 10 in the morning, it'll be live. You can follow me. I'll follow you back. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what it, if, if you're like friending someone or following some. I don't know all those details. But uh, connect with me. I'll connect with you. Uh, I'm, my account is already, um, you know, I've already pre-registered. So that means I should be able to get in there tomorrow, put up a profile picture, and and get the thing rocking and rolling. So looking forward to that. Okay, but let me tell you why I'm getting back to social media again this week. I could not believe this. I could not believe this a few days ago when I read this article. I, I, I was so shocked by it, I had to actually go to Twitch directly and read it myself. Now, if you don't know what Twitch is, it is a video platform owned by Amazon. Right now, I'm streaming over Twitch. They might take me down after I start talking about this. A lot of people on Twitch are video game people. They're playing video games and people watch other people play video games, which is another thing that always (laughs) blows my mind. It's like, are there really that many people interested in video games that you would like sit and watch somebody else play a video game? When I was a kid growing up, we had Atari and some of these little games, nothing like they have today. But you never wanted to watch somebody. I mean, you would wrestle your brother or sister uh, to the ground, I mean, to the brink of death to get the, the joystick away from them so you could have your turn to play. Who watches other people play video games? But I guess that's a thing. In any case, I digress. I, I read this article and then I had to go to Twitch to make sure this was true. And it turned out to be true. And it just gave me chills. It's just breathtaking what, what they're up to. Uh, and and I think this is going to happen across the board and, and I call this really the beginning of the Mark of the Beast, laying the foundation for the Mark of the Beast, which is that Twitch has this new policy that they announced and they call this their policies against off platform activity. Now, follow me on this. This is so important and I believe this is going to be the next step. For social media banning people. Uh, So what they're saying is this new policy. Is not about what you might do. On Twitch. what, What you might or might not do on their platform. That's not what this policy is about. It's about off platform activity. And they go on to explain. And you know they've got these various descriptions for hate speech or hate behavior and this and that and the other thing. And a lot of this is just so vague and so generic, you you know, anybody could be accused of violating the terms of service. But in any case, I'll be honest with you on this show, we stay away from certain topics because I don't want to completely lose my ability to broadcast. Okay. So I can control that. But if somebody tells me they're going to now start monitoring me outside of my broadcast, and, and if they don't like something in my life that is outside of what I'm doing online, if it's something I'm doing offline, then they're going to ban me from their platform. This is beyond scary. And this is what Twitch is saying. And I believe it is the next step of censorship and deplatforming is that basically uh, it, they're opening now up the floodgates to look at everything about your life. Okay, so let's so on this show. Let me give you an example. We did a show, uh, what was it, three or four weeks ago, where we talked about uh, voter integrity, and we had a guest on, and we talked about you know some of the problems with the last election. Okay, I immediately the video was taken down by YouTube. Um, Since that show, I have virtually no views of any of the new videos I'm posting on YouTube um i'm just telling you the reality now i don't know maybe it's a coincidence maybe all of a sudden nobody is interested in what i have to say all of a sudden after all these years of being on radio and tv nobody cares what i have to say and only 25 people want to come over and watch the video of my show i I don't know because at the same time i'm getting record levels of downloads over at itunes and and, and Google and all these other places of the audio version of my show. But yet it's dying over at YouTube for, for some odd reason ever since I did that show about voter integrity. But again, going back to this, to this issue, which is so scary, uh, which is now what they're saying is at Twitch. And I, and I think, you know, I don't know. I haven't investigated. Maybe they're all posting this new type of policy, but what they're calling this is off platform activity. And what this means is, I don't know. Um, so let's say this has nothing to do, nothing to do with what you're doing online. Okay, uh, I'm an NRA instructor. I teach people how to shoot firearms. I never do I never talk about that really on the show. I mean, I'll, I'll mention it, but I don't do firearms on this show. I don't We don't do live from the gun range or any of that stuff on this show. But somebody might say, you know what? That Jim Paris guy. he teaches people how to use firearms. So even though that has nothing to do with his channel, we're going to take him down. Or you know what? Um, We read one of Jim's books, even though he never talked about it on his show. And he mentioned something we don't like. Or Jim attends a church that has this certain belief. uh, And we don't like that. So we're taking Jim down off the platform. This is where this goes. And and what I'm telling you is, because uh, I get the emails from people saying, "You don't know what the mark of the beast is, Jim. It's it's not being taken off the internet. Uh, taken down from the internet is deplatforming. It's not the mark of the beast." I get that. That is not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, this is laying the groundwork for how they will punish you uh, in the in the world of you know the internet, uh, in in business. You know, I mean, I, I wrote about this in my book on Bitcoin, which you can see over my right shoulder, all the people that got their bank accounts taken away because they were, you know, involved in cryptocurrency in some way or another. Even though they did nothing with cryptocurrency at their bank, the bank simply found out that this is a person that wrote a book about cryptocurrency, or this is a person that, at their job, uh, works with cryptocurrency or this is a person who owns uh, cryptocurrency but doesn't have anything to do with their bank account because they're doing that at all in their life, uh, they, they lose their bank account. And, and this is what I'm getting to, is we're getting to a point now, and the technology is in place to, in essence, put your entire life through a filter and to look at everything about your life. Not just what you're doing online. So you'll wake up one morning and you'll get a message saying you're banned from Facebook or you're banned from YouTube or you're banned from Twitch or your book has been taken down from online for sale. Any of these things. And it'll say because of your offline activity. And the first thing you'll do is you'll say, well, what did I do? What is my offline activity? And of course, what they always do is they'll say, well, we're not going to tell you, but you violated one of or more of our terms of service in your offline activity. Well, what does that mean? I don't know. Maybe someone's going through a divorce and their spouse accuses them of something. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not true. It hasn't gone to court. Nobody's been convicted of anything. Uh, maybe you're seen on a, a video camera with facial recognition. Maybe you're uh, walking through uh, uh, maybe a, a town square where there's uh, maybe some Nazis are protesting or somebody's holding up a sign uh, with some, you know, horrible speech on it. And you happen to like just be walking past with your dog and now that you're picked up on the camera. Now you might be laughing and saying, Jim, Jim, you are a conspiracy theorist. You are the worst of the worst, scaring people about this. I am not making this up. I wish it were only as bad as George Orwell 1984. If you do not believe me, just type into your search engine, Twitch policy on offline off-platform activity. It's called off-platform activity. And this is where it's going. This is where it's going. Not just what you do on our platform that we don't like, but what you do anywhere in your life that we can find out about, we're going to kick you off our platform. Wow. If that does not scare you, if that does not concern you, uh, which is why, again, I am so excited about Mike Lindell's new venture, frankspeech.com, which starts tomorrow. And this is really the only answer in the end. It really is. I mean, we've got uh, James O'Keefe of Veritas. He's now banned after all these exposés he did last week on CNN. Um, you know, it, 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 it's censorship. And they're, these these left-wing organizations are all banding together Um, you know, O'Keefe says he's going to sue and there's different lawsuits going on and maybe we're going to change the laws or this or that. I think the ultimate solution to this, it really is, is that more people like Mike Lindell need to just come up with alternatives. The more alternatives there are, uh, you can just leave these platforms, forget about living up to whatever their, you know, vague terms are and move on and do your own thing Uh, at a a free speech platform like what Mike Lindell is doing so again preview of the mark of the beast absolutely absolutely this is exactly what it will be like under the mark of the beast but it'll be worse it'll be you can't have a bank account you can't go into your store to buy anything you can't uh, have a credit card or a debit card I mean it'll pretty much lock you down and lock you out of society Uh, and, and they'll be able to do this just like they're doing it right now in China with their so-called social credit system. Now, if you didn't see this story, uh, again, if you don't know my, my history and you haven't been watching or listening very long, you know I have a major hot button when it comes to nonprofit organizations making millions and millions and millions of dollars. I mean, that is the, the top people. I, I've always said this, like, don't go into nonprofit to become a millionaire. It, it just rubs me the wrong way, like these uh, college presidents that are making millions, these hospital presidents of nonprofit hospitals that are making millions. And now here we go, BLM co-founder Patrice Cullors has gone on a buying binge of real estate, uh, recently buying $3.2 million in real estate. Uh, people are upset with her for a lot of different reasons, one is that her main home that she bought, you know, is is in a gated white community. <laughs> and this is a, a person that claims she's a Marxist and, and that she's she's not a capitalist. And then we've got millions of dollars in real estate purchases. But here's the golden quote of the whole thing. Uh, it says that her recent real estate splurge was an, quote, investment into black people, specifically her family members. Because it's her house. So her family that is also African-American can come in her house. So that that's her defense of it. So for all of you suckers that gave money to BLM uh, thinking that it was a good cause. And I'll, I'll be honest, I know there are some people that are inside of BLM that are of the, you know, more of the nature of of Martin Luther King. And maybe didn't realize how far off the deep end, how far left wing that BLM would go. Well, now, you know, and now, you know how your money is being spent when the, uh, top people are taking millions of dollars out, uh, to buy real estate. Uh, it must be nice. It must be nice to live in the world of nonprofits and be able to spend millions of dollars on a house in a gated community. It must be great. Uh, All right. The Adam Toledo shooting, which is getting a tremendous amount of press coverage. This is obviously a a horrible tragedy on so many levels. I cannot even wrap my brain around the idea of a seventh grade kid running around in the middle of the night uh, in an alley running from the police while they're carrying a gun. I can't wrap my brain around it because. When I was 12 years old, it was all about Little League and I was in my backyard. I had a, a batting uh, thing set up my grandfather built for me and I could practice my batting. I had just started playing the trumpet. Uh, I was a kid. I mean, it was all about uh, building building model cars and uh, saving up uh, to be able to go to the movies with friends, uh, getting to go to the candy store and get bubble gum. That was where I was uh, at 12 13 years old. The idea of a 7th grader running through an alley from the police with a gun, I I can't wrap my brain around it. And and you can't blame the family for being just devastated at the loss of their son. All that being said, the Chicago Police Department did an incredible job and is this is a model a model for all police departments nationwide to immediately get out the video And put all the information out there so that the truth can be seen. And people can say what they want, but the video doesn't lie. And when you look at what happened, we can all have our own opinions on it. But when you look at what happened, we know factually from the video that the young man did have a gun. We know that the police officer had to make that decision to shoot in less than one second. Now, if you have never been on a firing range and have never been, I mean, you can stand there and steady your gun and you can take all the time you want to aim. When you're in that situation where you're running and you're out of breath and you're running, uh, chasing somebody that has a gun and it's dark out and you then have less than a second to make that decision. Man, would I not want to be that police officer? Because on the one hand, I don't know if I could shoot a 12 year old kid. I I don't know if I could do it, even if I died. I don't know that I could do it. But he had less than a second, less than a second to react. And when you watch the video, you got to see it for yourself. Make your own decision. I'm not trying to convince anybody one way or the other on this. One thing I have said for years, why can't we get the smartest technology people in this country? Bill Gates, uh, you know, the people at Apple Computer, get all these smart people, Elon Musk, Get them all together and come up with a weapon for the police like they have on Star Trek. And I know I'm going to get the emails, people thinking I'm nuts. Uh, but look, we've got smart people in this country. What about some kind of a weapon where you could shoot someone from a distance and not a taser? Tasers don't work too well, but you could shoot someone from a distance and they don't die They They just drop to the ground and they don't die. whatever the taser system is now i've seen too many taser scenarios where it just doesn't work Uh, an improved taser something something where it's not that i have to shoot you and kill you to stop you as a police officer i that would be tremendous if we could come up with some kind of technology like that i don't know if i'm being uh, ridiculous to even think that something like that could ever be invented uh that would be great but look Uh, Police officers are in a no-win situation. They're in a no-win situation. And we've literally gotten to the point now that, you know, I don't know who would ever want to be a police officer in this environment today. I I, I just don't know. Uh, This week, they say they're closing all the Minneapolis schools. They're going to send everybody home, and they're going to do only online school, getting ready for massive riots uh, when the Derek Chauvin verdict comes out supposed to be this week towards the end of the week the george floyd uh death all of that and uh you know they're saying anything less than like the top charge which i think is a second degree murder anything less than that top charge on a conviction is going to uh all hell will break loose so uh so we'll see Uh, and the last story here before we get to our guest segment hunter biden uh had this this new book that came out. Uh, rumors are he got millions of dollars as an advance and all that. Uh, the book is basically like I'm Hunter Biden. My dad is the president and I was a drug addict. But now I've turned my life around and whatever, whatever. Uh, the book is totally bombed. And uh, I keep asking, when is Hunter Biden's trial on all these charges and investigations and tax evasion, money laundering, acting as a foreign agent, uh, doing business with the communist Chinese, all this stuff that supposedly under investigation, but we hear nothing about it. It's crickets, crickets, crickets. But the book has bombed with all of the promotion, with all the promotion, sold only 11,000 copies in the first week, headed straight for the bargain table. Yeah. You know, when you go to the bookstore, like like right at the front there, they've got sometimes, sometimes if, if the bookstores around here, they have books that they are, they're so interested in getting rid of these books, they'll actually put them on carts and put them way out in front of the bookstore. Because you think, well, how do they know if someone might just steal one of these books? They're asking a dollar for the book or maybe like pick out three books and it's only a dollar, 30 cents a book. They don't care. That's the thing. They don't care if you steal them. <laughs> they're just trying to get rid of them. Uh, so look for that Hunter Biden book very soon to be on the... Uh, bargain book table or or on one of those carts that uh, they they probably leave those carts outside even at night after the bookstore closes <laughs> hoping that maybe some homeless person will come by and take some of those books so they don't have to uh to pay to have them shredded and and, and uh, burned all right that is our new segment we'll take a one minute break we'll refire the open and we'll be back with our special guest joseph g marino as we talk about this topic one of my favorite topics the mystery of the shroud of turin coming up next right here on jim paris live stand by